Stretching from the Pacific Northwest to the East Coast and landing in the Midwest, Joshua, Tracy, and Kelly present to you Rooted Perspectives, an audio and video podcast. Join us while we share our perspectives on a wide variety of topics that are both culturally and socially relevant, ranging from current events, travel, technology, lifestyle, pop culture, finance, careers, and so much more. Three diverse perspectives rooted across the country. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Reader Perspectives. I'm on your co-host, Tracy. Joshua. And Kelly. And today we have a very special guest, a really good friend of mine, Joe, or Jobin. Joe, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, give us a little background about yourself. Well, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm Joe. I uh, usually go by Walters or uh, a Walt Deasy. I uh, I'm from Kentucky. You can hear my little Southern accent. Uh, but I know Tracy and Josh here. Uh, we was all in the army together up in Alaska. So uh, I've known these guys for a little while. I've more so stayed in contact with Tracy. I haven't really talked to Josh <clears throat> that much lately. Uh, but I've got back in contact with him, so that's been nice. Uh, I don't know. Other than that, like that's really all that's. New. So how long have you lived there in Kentucky your whole life? Yeah, pretty much my whole life. Uh, I live in Corbin, Kentucky right now, which is pretty much where KFC started. Um, in a little town, Corbin, Kentucky. I uh, pretty much lived here until I was in high school, early freshman, late sophomore, somewhere in there. Um, and I moved to Louisville. Um, and I pretty much stayed there until the military and then uh, played around in the there for like three or four years with you guys and then uh, when we got out in about 2013 um, I moved back uh, to Louisville and I stayed in Louisville for I don't know three or four years up until about 2017-2018 and uh, I moved back down here to Corbin and that was more so to uh, I guess reconnect with some old family. Louisville is more of a metro area, metropolitan, it's more city-like, I mean it's nothing like California or you know New York nothing crazy like that but compared to just like the daily living of something like Corbin um, I don't know I just like the slower pace the slower environment here you know like uh, four o'clock when you get off work driving home like here it'll take you 10 minutes to get home in Louisville the same drive would take you something like 30 minutes or an hour so just that difference alone is kind of why I wanted to relocate down here so when did you what year did you in the military I joined, I raised my hand sometime in November of 2009, but I shipped off to basic June 23rd of 2010. You know what's crazy? That was 13 years ago. That That is crazy. That was 13 years ago. Yeah. As a Kentucky boy, I have to ask, have you been to the Kentucky Derby? I have been to the Kentucky Derby a couple of times. Um I when I got out of the military, I was up to some shenanigans there for a while, and we would go to the Kentucky Derby and bet <laughs> money. Um, I've lost I've I've lost several thousands of dollars at the Kentucky Derby and uh, the old Downs. So um, I haven't been in the last four or five years though. Um, what's really funny about the Kentucky Derby though is it's held in Louisville, um, in the east end of Louisville of all places. Which is if you're if you're from the five hundred two area, listen to this. You already know what I'm talking about. What's funny is, is they host the, the Kentucky Derby, all these rich white people coming into the east end of Louisville, which is the poorest end of Louisville. It's right smack dab in the middle of the hood, the worst hood 
the worst end of Louisville you could be in. So it's just funny, like, when the Derby comes around, you know, you're going, it's all these rich white people in the middle of the hood. It's just, it's kind of funny how, how they have the city set up like that. That's cool. I've always wanted, that's, like, always been on my bucket list, so. <laughs> is it, like, is as, it worth the hype? Yeah, like, is it, like, as cool as, like, it's such a, like, a known thing, like, in the U.S., like, is it really cool, I guess, to say? I think, I think 100% just for the experience, I guess. Um, if you if you do the Kentucky Derby, it's definitely one of those things you want to dress up, like, you know, you see people wear, like, the crazy suits and, like, the crazy hats, Um you do go definitely wear crazy stuff or you'll be out uh, but there's another event that's not in louisville it's not the kentucky derby it's something in lexington kentucky it's called the uh i'm drawing a blank on it but it's like two months before the kentucky derby um but it it's a lot more enjoyable than the actual kentucky derby i'll i'll look that up i'll figure out what that's actually called i had no idea what the Kentucky Derby was until we what? had the conversation. I feel do, so Do you ashamed. still know what it is? Or do you, you know what it is now? Every shame there is possible. No, I assume it's just like a bunch of horse racing. It is. That is correct. Oh, okay. I thought maybe that was something from like the fucking 60s or something. No, it's <laughs> not like current day. I feel so ignorant for not knowing what you guys are talking about. I mean, we don't really know what it is. We just know it's horse racing. So the Lexington event, the horse racing event in Lexington is called the Keeneland Race. And the one in uh, Louisville is called the Oaks Race. The Keeneland Race to me is a lot more enjoyable just because where they host that at in Lexington's, I don't know. I'm I'm a, a Louis villain, as you would say. And even I like the experience down in Lexington. Like the Kentucky people, Lexington, Louisville big rivals that's like red versus blue down here but even as a louis villain i enjoy lexington more Derby just because like the environment it's nicer it's a lot more nicer to look at and uh i don't know there's just not as much like panhandling and just like general shenanigans going on like around the area so i think it was you i was talking to isn't the louis or uh the kentucky derby only like once a year yeah when is it? It's only one race, literally one race, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's in July. Dude, we should go. It's like the state fair. No, it's May 6th. This year, it's May 6th, 2023. Dude, let's go get some thrift store suits and just be pimps at this place. I mean, I would potentially be down. Let's get like this massive wad of just ones and have one 100 bill on the outside and place a bet on like Geppetto the freaking three-legged horse or something. That'd be cool. There was a few years back, um, quote somebody out there quote me on me quote me if I'm wrong, but there was like a some like lo- like Louisville homeless guy, the Kentucky Dirt. This was years ago actually. This was like back like right after high school. There was like some homeless guy or like poor guy that went to the Kentucky Derby and it was like the same thing like him and a buddy just went for like shits and gigs and like spent like the last five dollars on like just some random horse and I don't like remember the reason behind it but like the odds against this horse was like stupid like a hundred to one or something uh I'm not a I'm not like a a derby racer so I don't know like the exact terms but anyway their horse won and that guy went from like being homeless like not having a car to like now he's like a multi-million dollar investor in the uh, 502 air. So that's so cool. There's a lot of money I made there. Gold. Like we'll just go drop a hundred grand. 
Yeah, I was going to say those odds had to have been a lot worse than 100 to 1 because Jesus. They've done well for us, so. Yeah. All right, so I want you to talk about what your experience is like in the military. Not that I, I obviously know, but for everybody listening. <clears throat> the best way I put the military to, like, especially, like, somebody that hasn't experienced it, especially, like, deployment, combat deployment, is, like, it's the most fun that you never want to have again. Like, if I could deploy with, I don't, let me take deployment out of it. So let's say, you know, just the military, it's a lot of fun, actually. Like, because essentially, you know, especially in the infantry, I can't vouch for supply or any of those other MOSs. But for the most part, even the support MOSs, I mean, you're generally active duty. You're playing with guns, hanging out with your friends. I mean, you know, maybe once or twice a month, you'll go to training or go to the field or something like that. But, you know, when we was in Alaska, boys, we were just, we was kicking it. Um, I like that a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, we wasn't just chilling. Like we was learning stuff too. Um, but, um, I don't know. Like when it came to deployment, I don't know. I'm a deployment soldier. I'm not a garrison soldier, I guess. Like I, I'm not all about like, uh, what DNC drill and ceremony. Like I was never all about that. But when it came to, uh, you know, what's the max effective range of a saw or uh, a 240 or a Mark 19, like I was all about my weapons, all about the weapons. Um, deployment was a different experience. Um, I don't know. Like I look at it now being an adult, like, it's just, it's so weird because you take this young kid because you look at it and, you know, back then we were all 19, three year old kids, dude, we were children. And you take that kid and, you know, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers to this, but they say that, you know, you don't like fully become an adult until you're like 25 or 30 or something like that. You're like, your brain doesn't fully develop until like a certain stage, you know, it's like 25 or 30 or something like that. Um, but they take this child basically and you throw up a traumatic experience like that. And, uh, I don't know, like, I don't think a lot of people like take that into consideration. Like I know I definitely didn't. When I joined the military, it was like, I don't know, ever since I was a little child, that's all I ever wanted to do was be a soldier. And it, there wasn't really a reason behind it. Um, I guess my grandpa, like my grandpa was a Vietnam veteran and I, I respect him a lot. And I always kind of like, he was always kind of my hero. Um, I don't know. I kind of always wanted to be the person that he was. So I don't know. I joined the military, but I always wanted to be in the military because of him. But when I got to high school, you know, I, I, I considered different options. Um, but one thing led to another and it was just like, you know what? I want to join the world or not join the world. I want to see the world, you know, cause I'm from Kentucky. I don't have a lot of experience with outside cultures. Yeah. And especially like once I moved from Corbin to Louisville, you know, I experienced black people for the first time at 14 years old. Like that, that to me was like, that was crazy, dude. Seeing, you know, Corbin, we had like one or two black kids in our whole high, in our whole school system. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not a common thing. We went to Louisville and all the white people are like the minority now. So it was just such a culture shock to me, but I liked it. You know, not me not being like the majority, if that makes sense. So like, especially when I moved to Louisville, the army, the military in general was a lot more appealing to me. Um, some stuff happened in high school and, uh, I was just like, you know what? Like I'm either going to end up dead in jail or in prison. So like, I'm, I'm going to, like, I'm going to join the military because, you know, I just didn't, 
my family, like there's a lot of people in my family that submitted to drugs or, you know, poverty basically. And they just, it's people that gave up on their life. Um, and I didn't want to be one of those people, you know? So I, I decided my, you know, I was in high school, so life can't be going too bad, but I just didn't want my life to go completely south. So I was like, you know, I'll join the military. I'll see the world. I'll get some experience. And, you know, join the military, the outcome of that, I can't be a bad person. So uh, I joined the military, done the whole basic thing, you know, done the whole deployment thing. Um, But kind of going back to, you know, being kids, being deployed, you know, like you take a bunch of of kids, young kids like that, essentially, and you expose them to a bunch of combat like we were exposed to. Um, there's nothing but reper- like, you know, psychological repercussions from that, you know, because like when I, when I joined the military, like when I signed the dotted line, right, raised my right hand, I still had like six months before, like I actually shipped off to basic dude, that entire six months, bro. Like I straight up like binge watch Black Hawk Down, full metal jacket, like, all those military. And I was like, dude, like I'm going to be the baddest dude like ever. Like I'm going to straight up shoot at people and be a badass. Jump out of helicopters, blow shit up, kill shit. And uh, I don't know, like once you experience that, like don't get me wrong, some of this, some of that stuff's a lot of fun. Um, but I don't know, you know, some of it just kind of stays with you, and not necessarily in a bad way. But you just, it's sometimes it's your experience can be more mentally exhausting than what it, that makes type of sense. Yeah, that was yeah. I can relate. Yeah, I can relate to that. I mean, I never even thought about what life was going to be like after Afghanistan because I didn't expect to make it out. But that just made deployment so much easier, like after the first like three or four firefights, you know, see, like accepting. Go ahead. No, same exact thing, dude. Like when we were deployed, I don't know, like I accepted the fact that we could, you know, at any point, like that's my time card at any second. You know, like you remember when we got shot at when we were on the LZ and, uh, that one dude was going home and he took cover behind his, his duffel bag. Oh dude. What was his name? I don't remember. his. Yeah. (laughs) He uh, took cover behind his duffel bag. None of us had weapons and we're all, you know, cause we're all exposed and we're all running into the wire. We had been shot at not, maybe not hundreds of times, but we had been shot at several times before that. But I remember that firefight specifically, like that was the first time that firefight I got a cal after we got in the wire and i got my kid on i got on the 50 cal but that was the first time i was in a firefight and everything like not really slowed down but you get you know like the the tunnel vision i guess i don't know like i remember sitting there and i was freaking beaten down and uh i just remember you know like slow motion hearing like the zoom wow like snapping and just thinking to myself like dude any minute any minute is my time card and i don't know like there was just something about living on that edge to me is like that's a high that i know i will never experience again like there is no crack strong enough to ever compare it, there's no drug to ever compare to that adrenaline yeah it kind of sucked like and i don't want to say maybe sucked isn't the right word but like after you get used to it for so long that you're just kind of not not going through the motions, but like I remember one time I was on the computer and I heard a rocket come in and hit our base, and it was pretty close. And like I didn't even flinch, I didn't scream, I just like I don't know what I was doing on the computer, but I just closed it. And like some of my, I think I was a team leader at the time, and some of my guys were in there with me. I think Doan was in there, 
And I was like, all right, let's go. Like real calm, nonchalant. Like it's crazy the the stuff that you get used to like at such a young age. And it's you don't think about how that affects you. Because it's so normal, like, especially where we were. Like, I remember uh, I hung out with Nichols a bunch in in the barracks room. And, like, what you were saying, you know, after getting hit a bunch of times, like, I don't know, after they hit you a couple of times, it's almost like, ah, it's inconvenient now. You know what I mean? Like, really? You guys really want to shoot at us for, you know, five seconds? Dude, dude, I remember one day, I think it was the day we took 16 rocket attacks, and I always had to take my soldiers' food before me. And I remember, like, we, I was having a nightmare that we were getting hit because we were. And I woke up to, like, the third rocket coming in. So I wake up, I get my kid on. And I actually have a picture of this, of us dropping mortars on him. And I, like, the firefight's over, and I take my stuff off. And I take my soldier's chow to rock guard, and I take my soldier's chow to ECP. And then, and this was, like, straight out of a freaking movie dude it was wild like i don't know what like tri- like i'm getting goosebumps just talking about it but like i don't know what triggered me to look up but i looked up and i saw the mortar come in and i saw it fly right over the barracks and like hit probably i think on the outside of the hescos or something and i remember how much of an inconvenience that was to me because i was always the person on base to wake up every single morning and go get Grape jelly biscuits. Actually, every single morning. Now that you say that, I actually remember you. Like when you used, because I when I was one of your soldiers, when we would be on guard, dude, you would look it up on the child. Like everyone else would like half-ass like your sausage, dude. You would bring us like three plates of shit, dude. Stuff. I didn't mess around with child. I don't know what it was, but I woke up every single day, every day in Afghanistan for chow and to Skype my parents almost every single day. I'm so glad we never got in a firefight while I was Skyping my parents, but yeah, I remember that day very well, but. So was that like a difficult transition for you when you got home? Mm. It was very hard. Um, that Was that a question? It was for a you, question Joe. for you, but I, I was just going to chime in because I strictly remember, like I vividly remember that experience when we got back. First off, I never expected to come back, so that was wild to me that I ever made it back. And I remember all these firefights, all this combat, and we come back, and I'm in the... I don't remember what it was called, but, like, I was back in Alaska in that huge building where we stage everything. It was like the... And it was... What's up? Like the chalk. Yeah, I was in the chalk, and, like, I was just standing there, and it, boom, just smacked me. I was like... I'm back. I like what like what the hell now? Like like I was just standing around almost I was like one of the last people in the chalk and I was just looking around and I was like it was the weirdest like I'm getting goosebumps again like it was such a weird feeling just being back in the states alive after such a crazy year. Like I don't know how to explain it. But what was it like for you? It is the exact same for me. it was on the bus ride like from I don't remember where we like, we came into the airport and then took a bus from, like, the airport back on the base to the chalk or whatever. It hit me when we were on that bus ride back to the chalk. I was sitting with Sergeant Aino, and uh, I just remember I was, like, looking out the window, and my phone went off. Because, like, right when I got back to the airport, I turned my phone on and had it activated. Well, I, like, my phone rang, and it was, like, 
you know, like a text message, but it was, it was like my mom or like my dad or somebody. And like, I remember checking my phone and I read it and I looked out the window and I was just like, wow, like I'm, I'm reading my phone right now. Like, dude, like I'm, I'm really back. Like, I don't know. Like that's so weird for me, but it like, it never like, I don't know. It didn't like affect me, affect me. And really until I got older and like recognize like, my big problem when I got like home from everything is I was always chasing that thrill, I guess. Like I always wanted that rush. Um, and I never got it. And I don't know, like it took me like getting older and realizing like I was not necessarily like chasing that rush, but it, it took me getting older to like realize I, you know, I had some, some issues from it. Yeah, I can hundred percent relate. Um, I know Josh is just like sitting here listening. Sorry, bro. Um, no, it's all good. I I love to get to hear a another person's story. So, and I just want to point. I just want to go ahead, Josh or Joe. I actually uh, first met Josh here. I think in Afghanistan. So I'd ran into him a couple of times, like you know, back in Garrison up at Wainwright. But uh, I never really knew who it was. But I remember me and Nichols got attached somewhere at. I think it was Fab Apache. Um, we had to take some like IED class, some anti, you know, awareness IED class. And Silas was at the class, and dude, Silas like by far like in the middle of like one of the crappiest places you could be. Silas was like by far one of the funniest people I'd ever run into in my life. And by Silas, I mean Josh. For people that don't know who I'm talking about, yeah. Josh. <laughs> Funny or funny looking is my question. <laughs> I, he, he was really ugly back then. Just kidding, Joshua. <laughs> Kelly, you're so mean. I know. What was your favorite um, part? Of Go ahead, Kelly. Oh, I was just going to change the subject. So if you okay. if you have another question for him, go ahead. I was going to ask him, like, what was... I was going to ask you two things. What was your favorite part about being deployed and who was your favorite team leader? My favorite part about being deployed. Honestly, dude, my favorite part about being deployed is just, I don't, I don't know how to put it. Like, you know what I mean, and Josh probably knows what I mean. But it's like putting a, uh, and it's like putting an animal back into nature almost. Like, you know, when you're deployed, you don't have to worry about anything. Like, you don't have to worry about bills. You ain't got to worry about your mom. You ain't got to worry about your dad. You ain't got to worry about your woman cheating on you. I mean, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but at the time, <laughs> yeah. all you're worried about, dude, like when I was deployed, wake up, work out, eat, don't go to bed, repeat. That's it. Like, I don't know. The simplicity of everything was so awesome. Like, and like, I don't know. Like, it's just, a, it's, it's just a whole other world. Like, it's nice. You don't have to worry about nothing, dude. It is. It, it's, it's almost like primal. And I don't know. Like, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Now we have to worry about our iPhones. Oh, how the times have changed. Good times, good times. Um, Who was your favorite team leader? I know it wasn't me and I'm butthurt about that, but that's okay. If I could pick a favorite team leader throughout my whole entire Army experience, I've actually done a whole lot of thought thinking on this the last couple of days. It would actually be Sarn Andreas. And the reason I burn and the reason I say that is because Sergeant Andreas was my first like real army team leader. When I got mm. to Alaska, um, you know, like fresh out of basic, you know, this was back when daddy kind of still ran the army. Um, you could still get smoked for hours on end, you know, none of this new stress card stuff. Sergeant Andreas, you know, 
the point of being a new soldier is to get hazed. I'm sorry, but like that, you should you should get messed with. I don't know. There's just something about building, you know, trust and honoring somebody. But uh, Sergeant Andres was my first team leader, and don't get me wrong, like he definitely messed with me, but he never messed with me just to mess with me. Like Tracy, for example, like if you knew Sergeant G, Sergeant G, like love Sergeant G to death, great guy, I love him. But Sergeant G messed with a lot of soldiers just simply to mess with them. Sergeant Andreas didn't have that approach. You know, he messed with you, but it was for a reason. You know, it was to call you out on something. Um, and Sergeant Andreas was just like one of those weird characters, like to people who don't know who I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about a guy that uh, he's a, he's a, from Fiji Island. So he's an Islander. This guy's a sec- his secondary language is English. So his, his English is very broken. You can understand very few words this guy says, but uh, I mean, just straight warrior like pt wise army wise like this guy five foot two 130 pounds soaking wet this guy is a straight warrior um and i don't know like before we deployed um so sergeant andreas was my team leader sergeant vi was our squad leader and uh you know where we was we was in alaska the 125th striker brigade um so we was a mechanized unit um, before we deployed, uh, Sergeant Andreas and Sergeant Vice started giving us all these classes on helicopters, you know, like sling load capacities for Chinook and Blackhawks and Little Birds and like, you know, rotor capacity, like rotor speeds and all this different stuff. And as a new soldier, you know, I'm trying to learn all this stuff before deployment, you know, like my 9 back and you know, all this stuff. And here they are throwing in all this like helicopter stuff. And I'm like... At the time, I was mad, but, you know, after deployment, you know, look at our deployment. What did we do for six months? Nothing but work with helicopters and pack up our base. So, I don't know. It was just nice, like, when it came to the time for that knowledge because, I don't know, it was, like, almost, like, low-key, like, Sergeant Andreas and Spy was kind of setting me up for success almost. So, I don't know, like, and Sergeant Andreas, like, never, uh, I guess never like pass judgment on me, like, and never pass judgment on like another soldier. Like to Sergeant Andreas, like you were, you were equal. Like it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Like he was either a good soldier or he was a bad, he was a bad soldier, but he didn't treat you any different. If that made, if that kind of. Yeah. He was pretty soft spoken too. Very, very soft spoken. Can you move your camera up just a little bit so we can see more of your face? Yeah. Sorry. That's better. I know it's weird on your end, but yeah. Um, moving on to the next yeah, topic, go I guess. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> uh, okay. So, what is it that you do now that you are not in the military? So now that I'm not in the military, I'm actually right now just currently going to school. Um, I'm trying to get a bachelor's degree in computer science. I uh, I have a really big passion for technology. I mean, ever since I've I've been a little kid, I've been hardcore into computers and just different little gadgets and stuff like that. I've always enjoyed, I just like the learning process of understanding how something works, why it does that. And, you know, like why, when I hit the button, does all this stuff work? You know, I've always, that stuff's always interested me very deeply. Um, And I got in an accident. Uh, I was in the diesel field. um, So I was working for Caterpillar there for a while. Um, But I got in an accident last year. I got in a dirt bike accident and, broke my pelvis and pretty much the entire right side of my body. Um, and since that accident, I don't know, it, it opened my eyes to my passion, really. Like, I, I knew I've, I've always loved computers, but I never really thought about doing it professionally. 
Um, but after that, especially after that accident, I kind of realized <clears throat> I'm getting, I'm getting old guys. Like, you know, I'm 30 going on 45. Like I, I'm to the point where I don't want to work with my hands anymore. I, I want to work with my mind if I can. And I feel like, you know, I'm in a position where, you know, if I really pay attention and, and try, I can, you know, potentially make something happen. So right now, mainly just focusing on school. Um, I have my own little YouTube channel, um, Baylor Technologies. I'm eventually wanting to register it as a, its own little business. I want to focus like on uh, e-machines recycle or e-machines. I'm sorry, like e-waste recycling and computer repairs and different things like that. Um, but mainly right now, just kind of focusing on the uh, computer science and technology fields. What is e-waste recycling? So e-waste is essentially like anything that's technology that you throw in the trash. So like old cell phones, um, old cameras, old computers, printers, or anything like that. So, so what are we supposed to do? Not put it in the trash? Well, you're supposed to no. technically recycle it because it's horrible for the landfill. But, so what is it that you will, want will our normal recycle bin like work or not? Well, they so a lot of uh, states are behind as far as like like e recycling goes. Like Kentucky is one of those states that's very far behind everyone else. Um, so there's like specific drop points that you're supposed to take like old computers and printers and stuff to like electronic waste recycling depot. Like the closest one to me is like an hour and a half. So. Do you really think I'm going to drive an hour and a half to drop off an old computer? No, I'm going to throw it in my trash. Right. Um, but like a lot of people, they'll, uh, you know, they'll take it to Goodwill or, you know, try to repurpose it on eBay or Facebook or just different things like that. So what is it specifically that you want to do with e-waste? I mean, my main thing is just, I want to save as many computers from the trash as I possibly can, honestly, just because... You know, not only is it bad for the environment, but I don't know, I find a lot of pleasure in taking something that's completely broken it or something that's completely broken and making making it work again. I take a lot of pride in that. Okay, so you want to, like your goal is, is that what your goal is like with Baylor Technologies is to take like old computers and stuff and refurbish them and sell them to people? It's gonna be a. It's gonna be one of the main things I focus on. Not necessarily to resell them to people, but to mainly just repurpose them. So maybe find like um, an old computer, part it out, and you know, potentially resell the parts or try to find something that I can use the parts for. Because, I mean, Tracy, like you know, I've got like eleven different computers laying around here that I use every single one of them. Um, so I'm, I've got a hundred different projects going on, so I could, I'm constantly needing, you know, computer parts. Um, the focus would be e-waste, mainly just kind of getting computers, like I said, out of, out of the landfills, out of, uh, Goodwills and stuff like that. I will resell some of the stuff just to kind of get it off my hands, just kind of depending on what it is. Um, but I will focus on computer repair and maintenance just a little bit, but I want to focus more on the, uh, I guess like the general computer builds and setup more so than like server setup and server maintenance like that. So would you say that's more like what you did with Tracy's system? Yeah. So that's exactly what I'd done with Tracy's computer basically. Well, you just straight up put mine together and built that shit. Like this monster. I love this thing, man. Things a beast, dude. 
It is a yes. freaking animal. It's an absolute unit. <laughs> How far into your schooling are you? So I have about eight or nine months left. So I've only been in school now for seven or eight months. But when I first got out of the military, here's another crazy story. When I got out of the military, I went to ITT Tech. If you guys know what that is, it uh, was an unaccredited college and it shut down. Well, the great thing about the GI Bill is if you fail a class, you get to pay back whatever the GI Bill paid in for that class. Well, when ITT Tech shut down, um, I was taking three classes. Each of those classes was worth about three or four grand each. So I owed back on the GI Bill like twelve or $14,000. Um, and that's something, of course, since I've got a waiver from. Um, but just since before ITT Tech shut down, I'd went there for six or seven months, I believe. Um, but some of them credits from ITT Tech essentially followed me to what I have now. But, um, yeah, seven, eight months, I'm hoping I can finish everything up and hopefully see about getting some certifications and things like that. So, like, when it comes to being able to totally build a computer from scratch, is that something you learned in school or is that something you kind of like more self-taught i'm completely self-taught um i did take some computer classes in high school when i was like a sophomore junior senior but they were well i took computer classes kind of all throughout school but uh most of them was more so getting familiar with the computer typing class in middle school um but once i got to high school is when i actually took some I took a networking class which is setting up like home you know like your home start your home lab your uh, home network I'm sorry um but as a networking class that just kind of familiarize familiarize the you know the word I'm looking for with yeah. LAN and you know Wi-Fi and everything like that network um I took that and then another computer class that just kind of familiarized you with like computer components and different things like that shout out Miss Riccio if you're watching this huge shout out um but really, like, most of my computer experience comes from, like, video games. Because uh, when I was a kid, they pretty much gave me a computer and was like, have fun with it. And uh, I don't know, like, I got into playing games like RuneScape and World of Warcraft. And I was one of those kids that uh, I, didn't have a, I didn't have my mom's credit card to get on my computer and buy the stuff that I wanted to buy for my video games. So what I did is uh, I learned how to make my own bots. And... Uh, Several hundreds of accounts banned later. Um, I kind of know some, I know a few ins and outs in the computer world. Um, and then I remember when I got started in World of Warcraft, like, you know, I, when I started making bots and stuff for RuneScape, um, it was basically just doing Python and some Java stuff. Um, and I don't know, like, I think I was like 12 or 13 years old then. And, you know, this is stuff like even now, I don't fully, I, I recognize it, but I still, even to this day, I don't fully understand it. But, um, you know, when I was about 14, I'd say about 13 or 14 is when I got into the real huge game at the time, World of Warcraft. And at the time, this is when it was the uh, Burning Crusade expansion. And uh, with this game, all the old school WoW players out there, if you remember, you used to have to take all of your add-ons and put them in your WTF folder. And uh, there was just a lot of computer knowledge you had to know to play this game back in the day. And uh, just, you know, from stuff like that, make them own like little bot programs to password generators to password crackers, you know, because 
I had buddies that played RuneScape and buddies that played some other games that you know we all played, and I wanted to hack their accounts because I wanted their gold. So, uh, <laughs> I made some some not so not so good stuff, and uh, just kind of just kind of self taught trial error. I will say shout out to Blizzard. Is it Blizzard that makes WoW? Yeah. Shout out to Blizzard for ruining WoW and making it to where I could have a life again, so that I'd never wanted to play. Appreciate it. Shout out. Honestly, shout out Blizzard for letting me have my life back. Appreciate you guys ruining the game for us. And yeah, Live I have no clue if this has anything to do with what you what you do. But have you ever like built an app? Is that a thing? <clears throat> it is. So I'm working on a few different things right now. Um, my main one that I'm working on, I can't. I don't want to really talk about it just over YouTube. Um, but I've got I've got some some ideas in the works right now. Um, my main idea behind because that's actually what I want to get into. Um, so I've got a few backup plans. So if Bale Technologies, as far as like the e-waste um, computer recycling, repair, and maintenance, if that doesn't work out, then I kind of want to be an app or web developer. Because my thought process behind it is I'm one of those people I spend a lot of time on my phones, specifically playing games and uh, just kind of like watching. Uh, TikToks, I guess, is TikToks, little shorts and stuff. Um, and I think a, there's a lot of money to be made behind microtransactions. So, uh, oh man, yeah, make money Huge. while you sleep, and that's kind of my thought process behind app development. Interesting. <clears throat> well, if you need any help with it, I won't be there because I have no idea how to do it. But I'll be rooting for Josh you. Josh had an idea for an app a couple of years ago, didn't you? Yeah, I always have business ideas, and and <laughs> well, some take longer. Are. Some take longer than what I think to get going, but most of them do happen, and they come to fruition. So it's okay. Well, look at this podcast. You got us all dialed in here. <laughs> I did. Other I'm planning that- a race for Congress next cycle. So hey, this was part of my plan getting this podcast going. We just need to get a million followers by the end of the year. Josh, I'll make it happen. Do you play? Do you play guitar, Josh? No. Oh, they just look cool on your wall, then. They look. My great. husband does. Just oh, like he plays the piano. Well, at least uh, not just wall ornaments. Then I I didn't know that you'd play guitar. That's why I asked. So the little red electric guitar is mine. Yes, I have been trying to learn it and play it, but learning Portuguese has taken my time more. So. Portuguese. Yes. That sounds complicated, brother. It is. So what other directions other than e-waste do you think that you could take Velo Technologies? Mainly, I have a I have a few fires burning right now, but uh mainly it's just sticking to the e-waste computer repair maintenance. Um I do like I said I have that backup kind of like the backup idea burning that, you know, if everything else fails, I'll still get into web or software development. Um so I just kind of keep poking at all these fires and kind of see what happens at the end of all of it. But really, I guess my main goal at all the at the end of all of this is, you know, with as far as like my social media presence and as far as like being a content creator is I mainly just want to establish like literally I want to establish the internet's largest nerd community. Like I want every nerd from from every single corner of the internet to all be in one place. So if someone has a computer issue, then, you know, they can just type it in the chat and here's a hundred nerds 
responding and, you know, not people trolling, like people who genuinely, you know, genuinely want to help you. So I know you have a Discord. Is that where, like, a direction where you want the Discord to go to for, like... So, like, if somebody had a computer issue, like, if they wanted something built or fixed, could they get a hold of you for that? Yeah, so right now, the best way to reach out to us is going to be through the that Discord that we have set up or through the Instagram. Um, but here, in the next month or two, we're actually going to go live with the BaloTechnologies.com website. Right now, it's just kind of fine-tuning some some uh, store side stuff of it. Um, but eventually I'm going to get everything transferred over to balotechnologies.com. So that way we'll have a form and we'll have a live chat and everything like that. But I still want to have that discord presence too, just so we can all have, you know, kind of like a place to chill out if we want to, to, you know, play games or make fun. Yeah. Definitely oh, seems more like a community based kind of thing. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So this is what we call rapid fire. So we're just going to give you some quick questions. All right. All right. These are meant to be just off the top of your head. Like the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go first. And I'm going to ask you what your favorite video game is. Favorite video game of all time. Old school runescape. Easy peasy. I can't believe it. Can that. you give us the synopsis for those who don't know what that is? Um, <laughs> what the purpose of the game is? So Old School RuneScape is one of those games, there is no purpose. The purpose of the game is to be the baddest, the richest, the deadliest. Like, it's basically, RuneScape is just a, um, for people who don't know, it's just a, it's a 20-year-old point-and-click JavaScript, Java-developed game. Um, it looks like uh, Minecraft cheese graphics. It's horrible graphics. I really just only play it. Because, I don't know, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm a kid again inside. And, I don't know, I've been working 20 years on one account, so trying to get this account finished off. Damn. So, what do you mean finished off since you, since there's no point to the game? What do you mean by that? There isn't no point to the game, but you have what's... It, you, have, you max out, like, different stats, and the range from these stats are 1 to 99. But every seven levels, the total experience you need for the next level is doubled... Um, and when they initially like made this game, this this game came out in 1999. And when um, Jagex like officially like initially released this game, released the levels because they never thought somebody was actually going to get level 99. You know, they didn't really think people was going to play the game. Um, so like now it's just more so of like a to show off that you've done it kind of thing. And like there's not really a point to the game, but just kind of like to show off, I guess. Bragging rights. Bragging I get it. So, Joe, what is your favorite food? Pizza, hands down. Pepperoni. Oh, fun fact. I agree. Fun fact about this. I made a DiGiorno stuffed crust pizza here like a couple months ago, and I told Joe, because Joe's like my best friend. We talk almost every single day. And we got on some subject of pizza, and I feel like I have a better backing to this where – I love DiGiorno's stuffed crust pizza, and Joe here likes like the boring, thin Red Baron pizza that costs like two dollars from Walmart. Dude, Red Baron or die! I don't do stuffed not crust. Even, I just need the Red so Baron. Like, it's not even so much that you like Red Baron; it's that you hate DiGiorno stuffed crust. I hate it's we're expensive, and it's expensive exactly. They're like seven dollars. 
I can I get two I red have made a frozen pizza in my home like twice, like my whole life. Do you I literally have one? What do you love your? I, I have one maybe like twice a month. I can't even. I couldn't even tell you the last. I don't even think it was in this house that I own right now that I. I don't think I've ever made a frozen pizza. What do you? Oh, I never damn. think about it. What do you eat, Kelly? <laughs> uh, just everything else. Everything except pizza. frozen pizza. Eat? If I'm gonna cook something, then I'm gonna, gonna cook, cook something. I feel like, if that makes sense. She ain't gonna eat no canned soup. She's gonna make soup and then freeze the rest for later. Exactly. Oh, and Joe's excuse, Joe's reason why he didn't like DiGiorno stuffed crust pizza was it's too much cheese. It is. That's not a thing. I don't like. I cannot believe you said that as a man. I don't like the cheese mixed in with my crust in the same bite. (laughs) You are probably the only person on the planet. All right, next question. Tracy. Let's show our listeners what you're drinking, Joe. And then this is going to segue into this question. So I'm drinking a coffee right now. It's a homemade mocha frap. Okay. Is there Are you liquor? a morning person or night owl and why? 100% a night owl. Um, I don't know. In the, I don't. My sleep pattern is really weird, and that's kind of my own fault, staying up late and uh, waking up late. Um, but I don't know. Nothing good. You know, my mama always said nothing good happens past midnight, and that's very, very true. But uh, I don't know. I'm... Like I said, I'm huge into technology and internet, and I think there's a lot of wild stuff that goes on out there after uh, after <laughs> online. Your who said that? My grandmother. <laughs> no, but what'd you call her? <clears throat> My grandma. Oh, I thought you said like Mima or something like that. Mm-mm. It's a Kentucky oh, thing. Nana. I'll get out. Oh, it's, it's my turn, isn't it? Yeah, what's your favorite brand yeah. of car? Chevrolet or die. If, uh, when you buy a new Ford truck, they actually give you a puppy, so when your truck breaks down, you don't have to sit there alone. <laughs> Josh, Fours are my favorite. I could stop <laughs> brewing, Josh. <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite season, bro? I say I'm a winter person. Um, I don't really like driving in the snow, but I think the snow is really pretty to look at. Do you, think Do you get you much are- snow in Kentucky? It doesn't really snow that much. Um, yeah, it really doesn't snow at all, really. We get two or three good snowfalls a year. Um, but I feel like I sleep a lot better when it's cold outside, too. That's just science. For sure. Do you think that you like the snow in it because it's pretty because you're so ugly? I mean, potentially it could be that, but I see my snow. So. What's up? I see my reflection more in the snow, so I don't know. <laughs> well, if you ever need a big snow, to, if you want to see snow, come to South Dakota because it's currently, we're supposed to get about three inches in the next two days. On top of, we've had over like multiple feet. Of snow. So you guys probably got a couple of feet outside on the ground right now, don't you? We do. There's actually, I live across the street from a school. Hopefully you guys haven't been hearing it, but they're um, plowing the playground right now. So I can hear their blades scraping and the beeping of them backing up and all of that. But well, yeah. good for, for Deuce for having good mics. 
can't hear any of that. Yeah, noise canceling. Um, what is your most embarrassing moment? I don't know if I have in a most a most embarrassing moment. Um, I'm I don't know. I I don't get embarrassed easily. Um, if I could, I don't know. I okay okay. So I will pick my most embarrassing moment, and it's really because this was just when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I was a straight hellion. And when I mean a bad kid, I mean I was a bad kid, bro. Like, so in fifth grade, I, um, I moved schools. I moved from Corbin, Kentucky to London, Kentucky. And I started going to a school called Sublimity. Um, and I started going there like halfway through school. So it was like January, February when I started going there. And like I said, it's fifth grade year. So here's, you know, little Joe Daryl just going to school and stuff. And, uh, well... Started selling porn in fifth grade. So uh, my buddy had a printer. He would print out all this like anime XXX stuff. And I would take it home and I would trace it. And I would basically sell it for like a dollar or two dollars a page. And, you know, buy a pack of 10 and I give you a discount kind of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, wow. I got caught. Well, here's how I got caught. And I'll never forget this. Her name was Miss Hinkle. She was like 20, 21 years old. You know, when I was in fifth grade, she was like, this was like her first or second year teaching. Um, I had like a little gang of kids that I sold all this stuff with. Well, you know, we'd kind of made our names for ourselves and like all the kids were like telling on us. Well, so the teachers kind of knew what was going on with us. Well, in fifth grade, this is when they was getting you ready for middle school. So like all your teachers, instead of having one teacher, you had multiple teachers and they would come around to your classroom. So in between changing teachers one day, when Miss Hinkle was coming in, I walked back to my buddy's Chad desk, you know, <clears throat> fresh, you know, fresh product, and went to put it in my backpack. Well, Miss Hinkle seen the transaction, and I don't know for whatever reason, you know, me just being young, silly Daryl, I went back up to my desk, but I kept the folder with all the stuff in it, and uh, she was like, "Okay, kids, you know, open up your science book to page blah blah blah, and we're gonna go over, you know, this chemistry stuff." And I opened my book, and I'm just sitting there, and we're reading over stuff out loud. And she goes, "I'm like right in the front of the class, right? Like I'm right in front of Miss Hinkle because I'm in the front of the class. I'm a bad kid." And uh, I'll never forget. This woman looks me straight in the eyes, and she's, "What is that, Joseph?" And she lifts open, like take, because my science book was kind of laying on top of the folder. And she like lifts the book up and she opens it. And I, that woman turned so red. I've never seen a shade that red in all my life. And she just looks me dead in the eye and says, get in the hallway right now. And it was just, I was so embarrassed, man. Just because I knew, I knew it was game over. I love how you approach that situation like you were selling cocaine. Like a like you use the word transaction as like a business, like a business transact our inventory. He made money from this transaction. <laughs> what was funny is we would go to uh, the flea market down here in Corbin in London. We'd go there like every Sunday, and uh, this is like back when PlayStation Two was like the console. You know what I mean? And uh, the flea market would have brand new games for like 15 20 bucks dude and every sunday it would never fail i would have 20 dollars to buy a brand new game and my mom was like where are you getting all this money from and my mom loves me <laughs> no nah, selling porn selling porn to all the kids at school well like traces sketches of porn. kim possible was my best seller 
Oh, oh my God. I don't even want to know that, bro. Tracy, do you have any questions, man? Huh? Um, when do you plan on shaving your beard? You know, I I don't know. Um, Haley, my, my uh, better half over here, she's been aggravating me a lot to shave it lately, so I think it's going to happen a lot sooner than I want it to. Um, but I don't know, I've just kind of been growing it out. I uh, never had long hair or had a long beard, so after my little accident last year, I just kind of grew it out and not thought about shaving it up until recently but i don't know the next time you guys see me i might be uh might be clean cut are you gonna like shave it shave it or just trim it no if i do if i do uh shave it i'll just like trim it it'd be like take it back to like a two or something cool i if i shave it completely bald i'm i'm bad baby yeah me too that's why i shave though so i don't look like i'm 35 I got a really bad scar under my chin right here too, so it just looks really weird when I. Is that from all the porn you sold? <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note. <laughs> yeah, on that note. Appreciate you spending time with us, Joe. I do want to say I appreciate like you and I have been through a lot together, mentally, physically, and not only just in Afghanistan, but like when we got out. I know I had been through some really bad stuff and you are one of the few people that like when I was going through some bad stuff, like you were just there. Like, so shout out to you for being a real homie. A lot of people left and weren't there for me. Like you were like you and Noah, real friends, real diehards. And I just want to say, I appreciate you for accepting me at my worst and my lowest. Cause not everybody does. So. I appreciate your whole bunch, man. Uh, and you already know what's up. And you helped me. Oh, I know what's up. So much love. I got love for you too, Josh. I just I haven't talked to you. I didn't know what the heck happened. It's all good. I guess Kelly and me are just chopped liver to Tracy. <laughs> Literally. Joe has been there for me when nobody Quite else. Quite the was. romance. So. Do you know what it's like been dealing with you on this podcast, Tracy? It's just as bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, Joe, for people who want to hit up your YouTube, where can they find you? So, if you guys want to hit me up on YouTube, I'm sure Josh, Tracy, and Kelly's going to leave some cool links down here somewhere. But it's just going to be youtube.com forward slash at balo.technologies. Or if you want to hit me up on Instagram, same thing, instagram.com forward slash balo.technologies. Or for any business inquiries, hit me up at balotechnologies at gmail.com. Oh, and by the way, Joe also helps people remove viruses from their computer. Yeah, and in all honesty, like if anybody out there listening, if you guys need any kind of computer or technology help, anything like that, um, just check out my YouTube somewhere and there will be a link to the board. I mean, we got we got a bunch of nerds in there that knows everything about everything. And if it's something that we don't know, then it's something that we'll figure out. We take a, a lot of passion in this stuff. So we just, we enjoy the process and enjoy learning. So we'll try to get it figured out for you. I forgot to ask you what it was like building this monster right here. But. Your uh, your computer was actually a blast to put together. It was kind of overwhelming, I guess, <clears throat> just because 
I hadn't really, like, I had built PCs before that computer, but the last computer I built was, like, 2010. You know, closed-loop water cooling in 2010 wasn't really a thing. Like, it was, but nothing to a scale of what it is now. You know, there wasn't RGB lights and all that crazy stuff coming off of it. Um, so when I initially got that, you know, there's just so many wires and so many hoses coming off of everything. It was just, it was a lot of stuff to hook up. Um, but I don't know. I just, I took my time. I stayed confident and it was, it turned out sweet. And, you know, knock on wood, we haven't had any issues out of that thing. It's ran great. So I'm just, I'm glad we got it set up. It went as smooth as it did. I don't think people understand how big because people understand like like a desktop PC, like they know how big a tower is, but like I don't think people understand how big this thing, like this, like to put it in comparison, like that TV is like a fifty-five inch TV. Like this tower by itself is like twenty pounds. What's like it is? It's like twenty-four inches long. Yeah, this is like two foot long. Like it's your, freaking uh, huge. Your power supply weighs more than most people's computers. Yeah. It is freaking mad. I don't know how much this whole thing weighs, but I'd say probably around 35 pounds. Easily 30 to 40 pounds. Yeah, and that's just, <laughs> to put that into perspective, I know some people's like desktop towers weigh like, uh, what would you say, Joe, 10 pounds? Yeah, average, I'd say between 8 12 pounds. Yeah, like I have a big hand. Like this thing is, uh, it's big. It is massive. And yes, that's an MRE. Don't judge me. <laughs> so if you guys want to help Tracy out, we'll uh, start fund me for him. Feed Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming out, brother. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you having me, and uh, I'll see you guys here soon, I'm hoping. It was nice to meet you, Joel. It was nice to meet you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.